It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, March 2nd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that honestly has not stopped laughing since they announced that Shane Goss despair trade for the Yotes. Yeah, 2026 third. Yikes. All right, we're going to get into that, plus last night's game against the Rangers and do a prospect profile on Flyers draft pick Hunter McDonald all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Flyers. That is where you'll keep up to date on Flyers news, our episodes, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe over there as well. Uh, We are going to get into the lineup decisions and the game from last night coming up right now. All right. So before we dig into the game itself, Russ, there was a bit of controversy at the beginning of the game. Well, for for throughout the game where a lot of Flyers fans were blacked out for the game on TNT, which was just a huge oversight and problem when it comes to these blackouts and the rules and, and zip codes. And There's especially a problem, I think, for New Jersey residents who get roped into this devil's North Jersey zip code batch and sometimes get blacked out for New York games. Like, I think they were blacked out because of the Rangers and not necessarily the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, I'm way, way, way South Jersey and that happened to me. So it's, it's a crazy thing. It makes no sense. A lot of people just, you know, leave. They just... Go watch something else. This is going to cost viewers in the end. Like the, the league has to figure this out. Um, and it's bad because you have no notice. You're getting the pregame. You're watching the pregame. And then all of a sudden this notice comes up. It, it's it's like it's 1950. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. There's something has got to give with these blackouts, yeah. uh, you know, especially as someone like me who lives in New York and is blacked out for three teams. Yeah. Which is not enjoyable. Oh, don't all. worry. No, no, hold on. Don't worry. That will change next year because for three hundred and nine dollars a month, you could get all those teams on a new MSG, uh, maybe an app or service. So you'll get those teams and the Knicks because I know you want to watch the Knicks too. So don't worry. Oh, There's yeah. a solution for you out there. <laughs> all right. Getting into the game itself. You know, once again, they ice a eleven forward seven D lineup. You know, which is. More guys than the Rangers, I guess, who are playing with 11 forwards and 5D. They spotted them two players. Yeah, they spotted them two players. What does that say? I don't know. But I will say the first two periods, other than that rough beginning, Mm -hmm. the Flyers actually played pretty well and really kept the Rangers from Mm -hmm. getting anything done. Now, the Rangers did kind of shoot themselves in the foot a lot. There was a lot of turnovers. Yeah. Like, it was pretty ugly on the Rangers side in terms of that. Um, you know, so 
it's a shame the Flyers couldn't capitalize on that a little more. Just, you know, you watch enough games this year, though, and you knew when the Rangers started getting possession in the third period that they would tie it. Like, you just knew they were going to tie it. Yes. And, and that's the part where it's like, this is where I have a problem with the Flyers' conditioning because the Rangers are down two players. They literally only have five defensemen. And, and you know, they didn't tire out in the third period, but the Flyers did. And the Flyers couldn't hold on to the puck and they couldn't get possession. It's like, how does that happen? You have more players on the ice and you couldn't get it done as far as even just with substitutions. Like, you should be fresher. They didn't seem fresher. So, like, that, all of this is what I look at and say, it's a lot more than talent that has to change. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, aside from the numbers difference, the Flyers actually put out their trade bait players in James Van Riemsdyk was out, Justin Braun was out, and then, you know, potentially anybody else out there who could be in trade discussions. And I don't know what that says. I mean, to me, with JVR, there was some like injury question and he got out there and, you know, while he didn't like stand out particularly. He had one shot that I Yeah, it, you know, he said himself that he felt 100%. Um, so maybe that was some sort of evidence. I don't know. Listen, we're trying here. Well, you know, I mean, to here, try and figure right. this out. Here's the absurdity of it. The absurdity of it is the quote on air was Chuck Fletcher had never even crossed his mind to rest anybody. Meanwhile, going to the Arizona side, they've been trying to trade Nick Schmaltz. He's now hurt with an upper body. So it's like, what are you doing? What what actually are you doing? The Rangers were playing two players short to begin with. You could have played two lesser players and protected your assets. There was no reason to do that. It made no sense on any level. And again, it's almost like the Flyers are, are doing this in the face of the rest of the league. Like, hey, we've got our way of doing it. Don't worry about what you're doing. There's just something missing here. And I don't know if it's the potential conflict or power struggle between Fletcher and and Torts, but th- this is uh, there's some noticeable poor strategy decisions yes. being made along these lines. I will say, though, one positive thing from this game is I really like that Frost and Farabee and Tippett mm-hmm. were back together. Yeah, I think, you know, this is a good combination to get Farabee going again. Yes. Um, and I think it helped a little bit. He had three shots on goal in the game. I thought he played a little better. He looked a little better. He, has he did. Been. I, I felt that way, too. A little more engaged. Um when you got guys like that on the line, there was a little more jump, a little speed. There's some continuity there, some creativeness, a lot of things that are missing on a lot of Flyers lines. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt like that was a, a good thing. Wade Allison had a good game, too. I don't want to take that away from him. The thing about Tippett, though, as you know, you can't miss that many wide open shots. You just can't. And, like, he can now on the team he's on now. But if he wants to be a 30-goal scorer in this league, which is probably what I thought he would be when he was drafted, he has to be able to hit those shots. Now he's going to end up with like, you know, 22 goals this year or something, which is a good year, but it's not going to make you a second liner in this league when the Flyers are good. And who knows when that is. 
You know, he did stand out, obviously, the yeah. most yes. in, in this game of anybody. Owen Tippett, you know, he had seven scoring chances. He did get that one goal, which was really lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, four shots on goal total. And then, you know, Frost on that line had two high danger chances as well. You talk about that creativity and, yes. and you saw it. You saw Frost work from behind the net yep. that he's so good at in, in this game. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's just, you know... It, like we said last season, he's got to work, work on. He's got to work yeah. on the shot accuracy. Um, but I, I do think his creativity and his speed, like he has improved on a lot yes. of things this season. It's, yes, this is just kind of that final piece for mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. to jump and be a solid second liner. Yeah, I agree. That is the final piece. So I, I you know, what about it, all the Rangers fans going, there? Like, uh, oh my god! You no, know, so. Look, I, I've gone to games in Newark where the Ranger fans take over Newark, and I've been to other places. And, like, in all the years, I think this was the biggest takeover. Now, to be fair, they all thought Patrick Kane was going to play, and then kind of like six hours later, he right. wasn't. So that was a part of it. But still, the fact that that many seats are available and that many seats were filled by Ranger fans, it's not a great look. And they even had to mention that on TV. Darren Pang was like, wow, this is a really a great crowd. And, and then he was like, but there are a lot of Ranger fans behind me. And, you know, it's like, eh, it's not what you want. I mean, I get it. They're making money. That's fine. But, again, the Phillies used to have this problem. Like me being a Met fan, Met fans would come and take over, you know, Citizens Bank. That doesn't happen anymore now that they're good. But that's what has to happen. And Tortorella mentioned that post game, Like, hey, it's on us, meaning we got to play better, and then our fans will show up. And, and to a large degree, he's, he's right. But right now, it's a horrible look. Yeah, it absolutely is. On a weekday, too. Yeah, man. that's the thing. It's on a weekday. <laughs> that was the rough part of it. It was for a Saturday. Me. It's a little more forgivable. Right, right. But I, I think you're right about it, you know, being a, a Patrick Kane related yes. last minute ticket purchase. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is right now with the Flyers. Well, I, I think, you know, we have a lot to talk about, uh, more to talk about with the uh, Flyers plan that we discussed on yesterday's show. And we're going to dig more into what that means for the Phantoms coming up next, plus some trades around the league. We're not going to get into the Jacob Chikrin deal or that Penn's <laughs> questionable move to get Michael Granlund, but, uh, because those happened after we recorded those segments. But we will absolutely do that on tomorrow's show, which we're going to record after the trade deadline. So keep an eye in your feeds for any breaking news that may happen on Thursday or Friday. And we will have that for you as well. The midway point of the NBA season's here, and now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. Uh, Kevin Durant's going to start playing for Phoenix, so maybe start checking them out. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine for your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your first no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
The NHL trade deadline, as we've been talking about all week, is tomorrow. So join Locked On NHL Live on that YouTube channel from 2 to 4 Eastern on Friday as Locked On NHL hosts break down all the biggest deals from across the league. And should any trades occur for the Flyers, so the, the clock is ticking. Uh, we will be giving our quick reactions and analysis over on our YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed to get the latest. The reaction will be quicker than the trades. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Russ, one of the things we didn't talk about as much when we were breaking down that uh, Chuck Fletcher presser yesterday was uh, how it relates to the Phantoms. And we could see that they sent Sam Erson down mm-hmm. uh, last week for for the duration, um, you know, ostensibly to help that team in their playoff run. And it seems like this is more of a coordinated, concerted plan and, and part of the development of some of the younger guys that they really want those guys to go through a playoff run and, you know, get some playoff experience ostensibly when the Phantoms make the playoffs. And, you know, I I think that that's one thing we've talked about that I think they're going to follow through on, which is kind of good to see in some ways. It's almost by accident, though, too, because they only have four recalls. So the fact that they only have four recalls made this a very easy decision. So this was their best way of of saying this is what we want to do because they have to do it. They have to do it. There's no other way. and it's still an if if they make the playoffs, but it's good that they're going to give them a chance. But again, these, the fact that they only have four recalls, that's that's been mismanaged all, all season. Injuries aside, I think there could have been a better way oh, yeah. to handle some of it. Um, I think that, you know, while I'm, you know, and I've said this, I'm upset when they do 11 forward 70. It just doesn't make sense. It makes no it sense. It doesn't make sense. And, you know, you're sitting Kiefer Bellows and Ollie Lixel, who, again, you need to find more out about to get valuation now maybe they've made up their mind with Kiefer Bellows it seems like I think they've made up their mind on both of them I'm really annoyed but I just think that's the case yeah so it it seems like they're gonna send him back down as well at some point Uh, they've said specifically that Elliot Denoye is gonna go back down after the trade deadline they know what he's been able to do and they like him they've talked a lot more positively about him than they have about Ali Lixel, yep. that's for sure. And then it was also mentioned that Cam York could be going back down for a playoff Which makes run no sense. Honestly, Panthers. that's the one that makes no sense. Cam York needs more time at the NHL. Like, he's already been at the AHL. I, I don't think that a Calder Cup run is going to help him more than him playing big-time NHL minutes towards an end of a season. I, I don't understand this one. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll depend on the timing, you know, relative to the end of the NHL season versus the AHL and and how that could affect it. But yeah, I think if they do it with more or yeah, more than like 10 games left, like that's I don't know, man. I just don't think that's like the right he needs the reps with the big club like he really does. He does. And then he also needs to have a regular off season like. Yes an NHL player would have. He needs to have that break. He needs to start his training on the timeline that would match up with the Flyers for next fall. And if he's playing extra time, sure, that's good for him in some ways. Like, I do understand that. But I also think that he really needs to get into the flow of the training and, and preparation for an actual NHL season next fall without, you know, and being on that same timeline. 
And that that is an issue. Look, and if all this is a function of tanking, that's one thing. But again, you shouldn't tank to the point where you're not going to give a guy the experience that he needs. And the experience he needs is at the NHL, not at the AHL for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, as of recording, which is a little bit uh, before the game against the Rangers, we're recording this part of the show. Still no deals for the Flyers. That could change it out any minute, but it's starting to feel a, a little minute weird. now. Yeah, it's just starting to feel real weird. Like it was a little uh, you know, concerning. Now it just feels weird. Well, I mean, it's weirder when the coach decides he's not going to sit anybody either who might be traded. Like, yeah. again, if, if somebody gets hurt, and we find out that there could have been a trade. Like, what What in the world is John Tortorella doing? Where is there any sense in what he is doing? It makes no sense. I get it. That's what they used to do. But that's what they used to do. Nobody does it that way now. This year, right now, 2023, nobody does it that way. Yeah, it's really, really bizarre. Um, and then, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I think, man, it is a rough thing to accept to see Arizona get a third round pick for Shane Gostas bear after Chuck Fletcher paid the Yotes a second and a seventh to take him. So, you know, essentially in that exchange of Shane Gostas bear, they got three picks <laughs> and Not bad. I mean, that's good pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good for them. And it just says like, Ooh, what it says about the flyers in that situation. Now the times were a little different, you know, but not different enough that it it doesn't still hurt. No, I mean, it, had they developed him correctly, they wouldn't have had to trade him. But he he was struggling at the end, so I get why he got traded. Um, but yeah, all of it looks bad. Well, and not only does the you know comparison of the trades look bad, but then you say, oh, the Canes needed an offensive defenseman. There were rumors out there about maybe Tony D'Angelo going back there, and no, nope, <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> It's going to be Shane Gostas bear. Like that's what makes it harder for me. Anyway, it's like oh. again, that's that's it's better for them because oh, totally. I'd rather have Gostas bear over D'Angelo too. Totally, I think you know it's the right move for the Canes. It's the right move for the Yotes. It's just kind of like big old sad trombone for Flyers fans. I think it's the way it's going, man. I mean, it's like you know, it's, there's still a lot of bad things yet to come. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, with the the other news around the NHL, uh, we saw a huge deal with the Columbus Blue Jackets and LA Kings that sent uh, Gavrikov and Corpusalo to LA uh, in exchange for legendary Kings goaltender Jonathan Quick and a, a 2023 first and a 2024 third back to Columbus. But as we were aware pretty quickly, haha, uh, that was not something that Jonathan Quick really wanted to do. It seems like he wanted to retire as a king. And so I, I don't know if they're trying to make some deal with Vegas in order to make that happen. Yeah. But in order I don't for Columbus to get some sort of compensation for the fact that they won't have the goaltender since they sent Corpus Allo, uh out of town. But I just, it was a surprising deal to me. I mean, look, we saw Jonathan Quick a few weeks ago. He was legit awful. Oh, sure. Um, last year, last year he had a nice comeback year. Uh, a couple of years ago, he struggled too. Um, should they have treated him this way? No. No, that's he, the part of it, right? Cups. 
he's yeah he's he's their their best goalie in the history of the franchise uh it's a horrible way to treat him i'm sure he's really ticked off and i fully expect him to retire i just think and and but again everybody's like well it'll be okay when he, they retire his number he'll you know when the rangers kind of screwed over brian leach he didn't go back for a very long time i don't know if jonathan quick's gonna rush back for a number of retirement to be honest it might take him a while to do it yes. if he does, that's for sure. So, you know, we'll see what develops along those lines with uh, his status. But in the meantime, you know, the Red Wings finally extended Dylan Larkin to what I think is a great deal. That's good for it's the team uh, and it's good for him. So glad to see that finally done. Then we saw Lars Eller dealt from the Caps to the Colorado Avalanche for a, a second rounder in 2025. Yeah, it's a smart pick. I, yeah. I kept telling people, you you can't get a second line center in in the trade deadline. You just can't. So he's a third liner. Comfort probably stays at the second line. He's, he's good on faceoffs. They'll be fine. I think they'll make the playoffs and they'll still worry people. Yeah, I think that was a really smart deal for the Avs as well. Uh, the Canucks are doing Canucks things and trading first oh, yeah, round I don't get draft them. picks away, but you know that's first and seconds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get Ronick's good, but he's only got one year. Like, what are you doing? I know it is absolutely. Are you gearing up madness. for next year? Are you kidding me? It is the most lost franchise next to the Flyers. Both of them. I know. Thank God for the Canucks, horrible. right? <laughs> Make us yeah. feel better sometimes. It's the only way you can. All right, uh, we are going to switch gears and look toward a positive future with one of <laughs> our draft prospects, Hunter McDonald. We will be doing that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Indeed. And if you don't have players on the field or the ice with the right skills, whether it's breakaway speed or elite playmaking ability, you're going to have a tough time winning. And the same goes for your business. Indeed is a fast, simple way to make sure you're hiring MVPs instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills. You need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. They partner with you on every step of the process. You find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post, according to Indeed data. And candidates that apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. So start right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on offer valid through March 31st. That's indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So Russ, uh, Hunter McDonald, if we recall, was drafted in the sixth round in last year's draft for the Flyers. Uh, he's a big guy, 6'4", 215. And at the time, he was a double overager. So he was drafted at yeah. uh, 20 years old, which is uh, a little unusual. Um, like Ronnie Adder. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's an upstate New York kid. Uh, and... So uh, he, he had uh, some fun experiences related to that uh, once he got drafted, a uh, local mini celebrity there. But uh, he played in the USHL, which is uh, 
obviously, as we know, a pretty solid developmental league before that with Omaha Mm -hmm. and Chicago and uh, is currently at Northeastern University. And uh, they just won the men's bean pot. So that was pretty cool. And he's a defensive defenseman. So what do you got on Hunter and his progress so far? Yeah, it's interesting. I watched him intently in um, in training camp, and it's funny because even though we call him a defenseman, defensive defenseman, he's got a pretty good shot. But sometimes these guys just you know will get put in a role, and they're never going to get to to do it. But um, yeah, over at Northeastern, he's a big time shot blocker. Uh, he's a big guy, as you know. He's a pretty good skater. He um, he got his first goal of the year as an empty netter to yeah. to beat um, to beat BU. I think it was. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, so that was nice the way he kind of got that goal. Uh, you know, he's got a little flair for the dramatic. I like it. Um, he is a project. So, again, much like Ronnie Adderd, going to turn 21. You won't be seeing him till 23, 4, 5, something like that if he makes it to the NHL. But I think there's a chance. You know, I think he could be a, um, a third-pairing defenseman. And if you get him up there and he is a good shot blocker, you know, that's something they could really use because – you know, right now, the Flyers do block shots, but when you can get a guy this big that's blocking shots, it's a lot better for your goalie. Yeah, and he has uh, more than double of the blocks of any of his teammates right now and is leading Hockey East in in blocks. Yeah. So uh, I, th- I think that says a lot. It's not just on his team, right, that he's just mm-hmm. one of the the more prolific guys in the conference. He also gets into some scraps. You will see that Mm -hmm. from him. Uh, But, you know, as far as his offensive side, I think, you know, you're right that it's it's not there yet. But I have seen him make some really nice outlet passes. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what you really want from a guy like that. That's going to have the vision to see where the right pass is to get that offensive rush going and um and i think you do see that from him quite a bit now he's not going to have as much time at the nhl level to make those decisions and i think that that's where the learning process will be for him um you know as he matures and and tries to to make the switch into the pro game in a couple of years but um you know every team needs a guy like this right and you know why not get someone that you drafted (laughs) instead of having to find one no, no doubt. I mean, again, um, you know, from development camp, he really had one of the better shots. Again, they were a little light on on defense in that, but still, I mean, he does. Uh, but it's, you know, again, we'll see if it ever comes into play. Everything else will come into play, though. Uh, I think the hockey IQ is good. Um, when I spoke to Shell Samuelson back then about him, he thought he was a raw talent. I agreed. I thought, yeah, there's there's some things here you could build on strength, the shot blocking. Like you said, the outlet passing, the skating is pretty good. That's good. You know, you, you get him in there for 12 minutes a game, protect the goalie. You know, Flyers could kind of use that now. Right now, as a freshman, even though he's 20, he's a, a freshman because it's his first year there. Yes. So he has, you know, eligibility left. He is getting second pairing uh, ice time, which is pretty good considering you know, yes. as a sixth round pick, as opposed to a higher pick, he's still getting some quality minutes on the team in their top four. So I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see him progress and flourish in the college game. I think, you know, it's been a weird season for Northeastern, um, you know, with some ups and downs uh, during their 
you know, quote unquote regular season, but I think winning the bean pot helped them a lot with yeah. their confidence. Yeah, no doubt. And he was a part of it and he had a big, big chunk of it. And so that's nice, nice for him. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I look at him and I say, all right, we'll keep an eye on you the next few years. I think he's going to go at least three uh, in college. And then maybe we'll see um, if he comes out after that. But, you know, maybe he only goes two. Maybe he has another big jump next year. That's the whole thing. You don't really know for sure. But a guy like this was worth the risk. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, we shall continue to follow his development as uh, the rest of the college season continues and into next season where I'm assuming he will be back at Northeastern and uh, we'll see what steps forward he can take then. Uh, our fun thing, uh, after he was drafted, Hunter, of course, made the news on uh, local TV. So of course. The, uh, the little profile they did of him and the interview they did was very, very cute. And so um, we are sharing that with you now. That will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow with a trade deadline update. We'll get into the weekend matchup against the Red Wings and anything else that's happening around the league should any more bonkers. With all those other teams trades. making trades. Yes, you know. exactly. Uh, as a reminder, we want to hear from you. So if you've got any reactions to the trade deadline or things you uh, wish maybe the Flyers had done. You want to let us know. You can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis only Lockdown can deliver. It's available on the Lockdown NHL feed wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.